Hi, I'm Johan Martinez Kalilian. As an executive coach, I time travel with people. I help people create their future from their future. One of our guiding principles as coaches is how future-based language transforms the way the world occurs to us. In other words, the way you speak about tomorrow shifts the way you look at the world today. It also shifts how you interact with that world. Join me as we write a letter from the future with love. I grew up around addiction. It's the reason why I've never taken a sip of alcohol in my life. It's the reason why I've never done drugs. It's the reason why I'm familiar with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There will always be things we just can't change. My wife was three months pregnant. We found out that our daughter, Isla, had a hole in her heart and a cyst in her lung. I mean, when we found this out, it absolutely deflated us. We were in denial. We, we didn't want it to be true. We tried thinking happy thoughts. I mean, you know, we thought of the best case scenario, but eventually we just had to come to grips that this was something we couldn't change. It was something that we had absolutely no control over because some things are just out of our hands. What feelings does that truth bring up for you? How do you relate to things that you just can't control? Would people describe you as controlling? Do you see yourself as controlling? What role does control play in your life? In today's episode, we speak with Esprit Devora about this idea of control and how being controlling can get in the way of the life of our dreams. So how'd you become, so the girl who gets it done, that's yeah. like your catchphrase, My right? Tie, yeah, catchphrase that's the tag. tagline. Yeah, I'm really so proud of it. So how did you become the girl who gets it done? I feel like that's such a potent sure. phrase. Yeah, no, so there, there is a story. I'm going to start with something that's a little bit less significant. It's okay. my favorite, it's my favorite, like, tagline way to describe myself. I love it. I also think that it means nothing. It's like the world's worst and best branding at the exact same time. It's the best branding because everyone remembers it and it's kind of impactful. And it's the yeah. worst branding because you're like, I don't get what she does, though. <laughs> she, well, whatever she does. <laughs> She gets it done. <laughs> right? So like, it's like, it's not a hireable tagline. It's just a memorable tagline. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe a, we could debate that because I feel like people are like, think? you know, sometimes companies are like, we need someone around here who gets shit done. No, I don't and, think people. I don't just think want the people, person. <laughs> Go ahead. I yeah. mean, so yeah, but I don't think people automatically think that. Like they don't mm. think about productivity or I don't know what they think, but I don't think they default to like project manager and stuff. Okay. I think I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but people don't. They usually default to vague. Like, I don't really get what you do. Well, maybe <laughs> they need to. I feel like it's an imagination thing, because when I read it, I was like, oh, man, she's like, I could just imagine how much things she's cooking up and she's making shit happen left and right. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So and then obviously, maybe you know, so. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is that so, like there's this guy I met once. His tagline was the WordPress guy. I was like, now that's smart. You need WordPress. You go to the WordPress that guy. guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, because now here's the thing. When you're running for president, you want a phrase that is actually a little bit. It's a little bit vague because it 
it mm. brings people together. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's almost like enough to create intrigue and be like, I want to vote for that person. Yeah. So I feel like that's a part of what you got going on where it's Interesting. like, yeah, it may not be super, super specific. Like who's going to vote for the WordPress guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus you'd like hire him. <laughs> you'd hire him for the WordPress, but you don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> maybe so maybe right so. but the girl who gets it done okay now <laughs> now we're talking so the story behind it is i was at south by southwest and i was with my friend who's like a high level ceo and he's just like this incredible human he he has since moved on to another plane in the world and i mm. miss him unbelievably so he he was just like an amazing light in my life. And I was with um, my girlfriend at South by Southwest and we were going to sleep and he calls me up. He's like, what do you mean you're going to sleep? Come on. I And he had this thing called the Delivering Happiness Bus. And hmm. he was like, you got to come on the bus with us. You have to come on the bus with us. I was like, dude, I'm going to sleep. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> He's like, just come. And so I drag my girlfriend, Marissa. I always stay at her house when I'm in Austin out of bed. And I, we go to his thing and it's him and his like entourage and then these A-list celebrities and we're in his delivering happiness bus and his assistants there and they can't figure out like where to go. And I don't know why like an A-list celebrity doesn't have the connect to like go wherever <laughs> they want to go, but couldn't get in anywhere. So I was like, I look at his, my friend's assistant. I was like, do you want me to help? And she's like, that would be great. So I make a few phone calls to just, I don't know, do my thing. I get shit done. <laughs> but and, this is before you had the name, right? Right. Totally before I had okay. the name. And so I make a few phone calls and then he like this entourage of like 30 people on this bus that he, he had rented or owned. I, I, who knows? I get them to go to this place. I get them all in like VIP and not paid for and no special thing just because I knew the right people that I had like, met serendipity right and yeah. i get it all so no photos are taken which was really important to me i wanted my friends to like have a good night and not worry about their reputation or mm. you know and so they could drink or whatever and i guarded the thing and everybody started asking like who is she is she his assistant is she this and then so my girlfriend says, she's just the girl who gets it done <laughs> there it is <laughs> you know and that and then it just stuck like I was and that just describes me so well. I'm a really resourceful person. So whether mm. it's my guy friend, you know, last week was like, oh, I really want to date. I was like, hold on. <laughs> Let me fix that for you. Set him up on a date with a girl. My like, you know, like if there's like a, a software tool you need, I'm like, hold on. Here's that. If there's a person you need, I'm like, hold on. Here's a, I'm just really resourceful in all sorts of areas. And I like. I like to create possibility mm. out of impossibility. Mm, come on now. <clears throat> well, you're speaking my language because I'm because <laughs> I'm a coach and that's exactly what you know we do with clients. Yeah. Is is basically create possibility from impossibility. So our only um, limitation is our mindset. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I want to know, you know, what do you do when you're trying to get things done, right? Like yeah. that's who you are. Yeah. But the universe is not complying. So you got your plan, mm. you know, you're, you're, you're putting it into motion. Yeah. And they're just like block, 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 obstacle, yeah. obstacle. I've been reflecting on that a lot lately. I've been reflecting on it because I've always been such a driven person. So, okay, I'm going to come about this in like kind of like a weird angle. Okay. This, this past week or something, there was a, a morning that I like was in bed for a couple hours in the morning. Like, I don't know. I woke up at six and I stayed in bed till eight, whatever, like messing around, watching YouTube or whatever I was doing. Yeah. 
And typically I was I get really like upset at myself for like wasting time or something. Mm. And I'm like, yo, you're an entrepreneur. You could do whatever you want with your time. <laughs> Didn't you get the memo? hundred <laughs> percent. Like, That's why you work for yourself, right? <laughs> you know? And it's just so funny because the entirety of my career, I've been so hard on myself. If it, don't wake up at 5 a.m. Like, the, you know, all the blog mm. productivity blogs tell you and be optimized and be like a robot. And, the, you know, and it, lately I've been moving into this chapter of my life of really embracing the freedom of the lifestyle it shows. Like even this morning I was talking to a business person and they were like, why don't you want to raise money? You should raise money. Maybe you'll be able to raise money in a few years. I'm like, I don't want to raise money. Like, why are you trying to force raising money on me? What he didn't ask me is why I don't want to raise. And it's, I, hmm. I want the lifestyle that doesn't have this like huge pressure on me. Like, that yeah. I want to be happy, you know? And so the answer to your question is like when there's a lot of blocks and stuff, I think we have this communication with the universe. And a lot of times I think we're creating our own blocks because we're not working and operating in flow. And so when we're experiencing blocks, it's a moment to like step back and be like, yo, am I going down the wrong path? Or is this something that I have to push through the discomfort to overcome and learn a lesson from? Mm -hmm. Or what's the significance of this block to me rather than falling victim to the block, which I'm totally have as well, which is why I've been doing a lot of reflecting. Like even like I said, that morning where I'm in bed for a couple hours and putting that, oh my, I'm not like being productive enough. Like who's putting that particular energetic block on myself? Me. Well, because even when you talk about being a resourceful person, because I could see in that, at times, it's like, how are you using blocks actually to your benefit? Because I mm. think that's a part of what it means to me to be resourceful. Yeah. Is is knowing that whatever life is offering up, you actually know how to use that yeah. in order to create something. Right. So what does that look like for you? I think that we... My friend Danny Miranda has a podcast and he he's just so inspiring. And he teaches me to... It's cliche, but he teaches me to fall in love with the journey. And I know we've heard this so many times. Mm -hmm. It's boring. But I don't think until he told me, like, I really got it. And he was explaining it to me. He was saying, listen, right now, we, I was having a bad day. And he was talking to me for like an hour or something. And he goes, if I was like super big famous, because I, I really believe he's going to be really famous. He's like, if I was there already, if I was pushing to get there fast, I maybe I wouldn't have the hour to just talk to you right now. Mm. But I, I am so lucky. I get to enjoy this conversation and support my friend. This is a luxury I get to have right now in this chapter of my life. And I want to appreciate every luxury in every chapter because those luxuries are going to change. I was like, whoa. Mm. So he really like reframed what it is to like fall in love with the journey. And it made me think about my life as one big adventure. But adventures, we usually associate the word adventure with like a positive. And I think adventures are both a positive or something that's not so fun, but still a positive because of the learning lessons, even if it's really sad and terrible. It's still its own type of adventure. And if we, the more I embrace that this whole entire life is an adventure and I simply don't have control of a timeline, I can't be like, okay, I'm starting a company now. And then five years from now, that's when the company needs to win, period. That is what's going to happen. No, I could 
do the best and I could show up and plan out and but what ends up happening is just what ends up happening it's all part of the adventure so I think as I embrace the adventure and the journey of my life more and more it allows more space for ease and yeah. the more I try to control and force timelines the more blocks are created what well, seems like in terms of what I'm hearing, you wouldn't be somebody who's called a control freak because it sounds like you know when to release. And so that's why as somebody who gets shit done, you would like, I think the stereotype is, well, that person is trying to control a lot. Mm. At least that's part of what yeah. one of the misconceptions that I think could come from that. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I actually think I probably, my personality probably in some aspects, specifically in business is probably controlling in some areas or an A type but I'm also really self-reflective. And so mm. it's like, it. sometimes you need to be organized and be a project manager and get things handled in, in a really, you know, forward-moving way, which there's a lot of control needed in that. I think it's just all like a dance, like, mm -hmm. and just knowing when to back off, when to dive in, when to self-check. Yeah, there's no- Have you ever been called a control freak? No. Never? If I have, not that I recall. So how would you respond if, if someone is like, hey, Esprit, you're really, you're kind of a control freak. What, what would you say? I'd hope I'd say that's super interesting. What makes you, what makes you say that so that I could learn more about your perspective? We've already learned that, that some things are just out of our hands. No matter how hard we try to control outcomes and circumstances, we just don't have that kind of power. But there's good news. There's hope on the horizon because guess what? There are things that we can change. What we know we can change is how we respond to moments like this. See, my wife and I, we changed our perspective and we changed our requests after we found out the news about Isla. And what we asked ourselves was, what would life look like if the worst happened? Who would we be? What would we do? And we knew we would do everything in our power to make sure our daughter was healed, right? Like, like we already knew that. We wanted to get clear with, well, what did the other side look like? Once we figured out that, that side that we didn't want to address, right, the worst case scenario, then we got clear with, okay, we're going to put all our time and energy in the hope and the healing. And that led to some requests. We asked people in our life for their stories and their prayers. One friend told us that her daughter was born with a hole in her heart her daughter had surgery and now she's healthy. And then we heard just story after story of perseverance through that exact diagnosis. Another friend of mine said, welcome to parenthood. Being a parent is all about surrendering what you can't control. And that's exactly what we did. We released the desire to control something that we have no control over. And then we received some good news and some bad news. The good news came after a checkup with the cardiologist. The hole in our baby's heart was gone. I remember the cardiologist said that your, your daughter's heart is structurally perfect. And my wife and I, in that moment, we, we broke down in tears. We were just full of gratitude. We were thankful for all the prayers and the love we received because we felt like we just experienced a miracle. Now, I wish this was the end of the story, but it isn't. The doctor went on to say that the cyst in her lung was still present. And in that moment, we realized that truth. There are just some things in life 
we can't change. There are some things we have no control over. What does it mean for you to, to relinquish control? Like, mm. How do you relate to the idea of surrender? It's so funny. I had I had that on my wall for a really long time to relinquish control. Well, what sparked that? Why'd you why'd you put it on your wall? My best friend, who is still one of my close friends now, at the time, he and I had a falling out, but nothing happened. Something happened for him that I wasn't like privy to. And the impact of whatever was going on in his life, he just decided to cut off like all people. But I didn't know. Like, I didn't know something was going on. Like, for me, it was very sudden. And I missed my best friend. And I, his, it's so funny because we joke about it now. His coping mechanism is to like cut off people. That That's how he handles the life. I highly doubt he would ever do that to me again because he feels so safe with me. But mm. at that chapter of his life, that's what he did. And I was so confused and I just felt like just in utter pain that, and I kept trying to call him. I was like crying. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why are you gone? I don't understand what's going on, you know? And he, yeah. And so I ended up writing this quote to myself about relinquishing control, like trying to control someone. Like, I don't remember the exact contents, but trying to control someone loving me or showing up for me. Like I, I have to like, just let people do what they will do. And I can't control how people choose to show up in general mm. in life. That was tough. It came, this isn't related to your question, but it came full circle, which was super weird. It's kind of a funny story. He, he like left flowers at my door like a year later, maybe a year and a half later, but I didn't know it was him. So I get, and he's not Hispanic and I get flowers and a card written in Spanish. And at the time I'd gone on a date with this Hispanic guy and I was like, did you send me flowers? He's like, no. I'm like, you're lying. You did. He's like, I, I really didn't. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Right. And then maybe like six months or more after that, he shows my, my old best friend still really close now shows up at my door apologizing and shares with me what happened. And then he's like, did you like the flowers? I'm like, flowers. And he's like, yeah, I left flowers at your door like a year ago or whatever. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, those were from you. Why do you write the card in Spanish? He's like, I don't know. I was feeling like <laughs> in that kind of mood. I was like, you don't even speak Spanish. Like, <laughs> he's so, like, I was taking a Spanish class at the time. That's what yeah. it felt right. It's interesting, though, how like that friendship, I had so much pain. And then, you know, time later, we reconciled or whatever you call it because we never had an argument. So whatever mm -hmm. that, you know, and then, and now we're close and it, it's like, it's an interesting, it was just an interesting observation on like forgiveness and like, and like the fluidity and like, imagine like if I could have found it within myself to just like let go when he needed to detach, it had mm. nothing to do with me. And just let a person do what they need to do without judgment, without needing something from them, you know, like, yeah. why aren't you my friend? Why aren't you my friend? You know, and then in his own time, he came back around and it was right for me too to resume a friendship, you know, like. Like, sometimes I think that I might 
as so many of us do being human, cause myself unnecessary pain because I want to control Mm -hmm. how someone shows up for me rather than just allow life to be fluid. It's very confusing, I feel like. Well, it's it's the dance that you talked about. Yeah. You know, and I and what I think what's what's fascinating is I want because I wonder what woke you up to that, if we're gonna use that as the phrase. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I think some people double down. On you know, control. it's like yeah, they're like they think the more they press, the more they push, the more they try to rein people in. Yeah. And it's like I've never seen that be effective in terms yeah. of like healthy dynamics for relationships. Yeah. But there are people who are very happy with controlling everything and everyone around them to the best of their abilities or being really pissed when they can't control things. Totally. Uh, It came from Michael Singer, the author, Mm. Michael Singer. Um, He wrote Untethered Souls. And Mm. he just I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he's very inspiring. And he gave this example of somebody you're at like an event and someone, you know, walks into the event and they don't say hi to you. And then you're thinking about it like for hours. Why didn't they say hi? Like, are they mad at me? Like, da, 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 da. And he goes, there's a billion people. Why do you need that person to say hi to you? <laughs> I was like, Come no, when now. you put it that way. That's fact. You know? <laughs> or, and like he talked about, usually if we have a need out of someone else, it's actually like a weakness or a pain within ourselves. And instead of looking for someone else to solve that for us, we just need to solve our own pain. So like, uh, let's say like, you know, trivial, like a a guy, like a guy like doesn't like me or something. Right. How do I make him like me or whatever, you know, a girl narrative. Right. Instead, it's just like, why do what's empty inside me that I that I need this person to validate me? Like, let's fix what's empty and then let's become an observer if that person is even the right fit for my life. Right. Right. And it's like it's like a shift from using someone else to band-aid our own situations and instead working on our own situations on our own. What even being supported by friends, I don't mean that, but not looking for someone else to like fix me. And like, and then become an observer of like who I'm surrounded by, like from a really healthy viewpoint. I don't know if I'm describing it as eloquently as he did. No, I love love it. (laughs) I mean, because, you know, I've been in those types of romantic relationships where, you know, either I'm trying to fix the person, they're trying to fix me. Yeah. and, And there is that desire to control outcomes instead of being wholeheartedly in the moment and just showing up to just love you know, and to be present and to hold yeah. space for that person. Ultimately, I think at the core of it, there is a deep rooted fear and insecurity inside yeah. of us that's more self-centered than than love oriented. Yeah. So even at, part of what I hear you in the answers to the question is like, you know, you relinquish control when you're actually able to truly love yourself and others. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Oh my gosh. Say it again. Come on now. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's, I'll let you say that, that one. You know, <laughs> you, you relinquish control. When you love yourself. Say it again. Yeah, when you love yourself and others wholeheartedly. Yeah, when you love yourself and others wholeheartedly. Exactly. I want to write that down. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so way more eloquent than the way I, the long We're a team here. We're a team. We're a team here today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's that sneaker life. And even because I I feel like 
whenever I talk about surrender with clients or with friends, family, it seems to be a word that it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we don't want to like, what's what does that mean? Because I think even if I think some people think of it in the context of war and it means I lost. Yeah. You know, it means I have to give something up and it means I have to lay down this or that instead of like surrender to the route of true victory. Like when you Mm -hmm. surrender, you're actually winning in Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Because like surrender from an unhealthy place or whatever, like a not full, not fully self-love place feels like thoughts like, why do they get to get away with this? Why? Why am I not good enough? Why am I not worth it? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with them? It's a lot of labeling of ourselves and of others. I think about this stuff so much because I've had such severe loss in my life in an unfortunate way. And I hold on to a lot of the pain from the loss. So I think about it a lot because I want to see myself whole one day. How many of us actually have a vision of our life being whole? You know, how many of us even stop Mm. to consider what, you know, some of us, I think we assume I'm whole right Mm. now. Instead of being like, well, what if you're not? What if what if you're just a just a, a version of who you could be if you were actually living in wholeness? Mm-hmm. And what if surrender is actually the pathway to that? If you operate in a state of fluidity, everything is so much more joyous. Mm-hmm. Like including, like I was talking about the the basic, you know, guy likes girl or doesn't like girl kind of situation. Like if if a woman just operates from a state of fluidity and like let just lets the then it's just, it's just more joyous. Yeah, and who wants to be with somebody where you had to convince them or force them to be with? Who doesn't you? want to be with you? Yeah, right. Like yeah. <laughs> that's always been fascinating to me, where you're trying to prove to this person, like you're missing yeah. out. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah. It's like that ne- that has never worked. Yeah. So that's that's something I'm just learning now. So unfortunately, like, you know, we're all a product of our perception Mm -hmm. and our perception is creative from our experiences and our perception of those experiences. So we have our scripts going on. So my scripts have been like, oh, you must not like me because I'm not good enough because like my, my situation. So there's no like. I feel like I talk about it openly everywhere, but my dad, who I was like a daddy's girl and is like, we were so close. He just decided to have a new life one day, felt pretty abrupt and just never spoke to me again for the most part. I've spoken to him sort of, but not really like, you know, it's like, how's the weather? And he hasn't called me ever. It doesn't matter. But yeah. For for the for the context of the conversation, I pretty much never had a father again once he started his new life. And for a long time, because I still love my dad so much and miss him so much. It's so painful. And I'm have done so much work to try to in attempt to resolve that pain. But I can have a great appreciation for someone who is like chasing that validation because that's me. And I have to like understand like. There's nothing I did. Like, that's why when my friend, you know, left abruptly, like it triggers me. I'm like, what did I do wrong? What? And at that time in his life that my friend left, like it had nothing to do with me, you know, mm-hmm. and probably just like my dad leaving had nothing to do with me, you know, mm-hmm. like 
He just had his, he's a man, not a superhuman with his own stuff. Who knows what he's, who knows like why he made and continues to make the choices that he makes. But like, I just really understand how difficult it is to break our own narratives and to recreate our realities when like sometimes we hold on or maybe a lot of times we hold on to those realities to stay safe because Mm -hmm. it's what we know. And then going back to control, we can control the outcome. All right. I know if I really care about someone that they're going to leave me. So I know I'll stay really alone and detached. And then I don't have to worry about having that pain again solved, you know? And so instead of being open to the opportunity and possibility that there's other kinds of relationships that exist, you know, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't know if that's good context for the podcast. It's 100% good context. Too much on a tangent. Even when I'm working with clients, you know, it's helping them become conscious of the strategies that they're running. Because oftentimes we have non-conscious strategies that we're running. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our desire, you know, in terms of self-protection, and part of it is just inviting them into noticing whatever their strategy is without judging it. Yeah. And being self-protected, it makes sense. You know, it's like um, not being vulnerable, putting up the walls. If the end game is, right, it's like I want to make sure that I don't experience that type of pain any any longer. It's like, hey, you know, just notice it. What do you want to do? Is that the type of life that you want to live? Do you want those results? Yeah. Because get clear with it is creating a certain type of existence. Mm -hmm. And are you content with those results? Or do you want something new and different? Because if that's the case, now we're going to start to examine a new way we're totally. going to start to ask new questions totally and i and i really believe that that's where some of the power is from is like the questions that we ask ourselves will really determine the quality of our life someone i interviewed this woman on my podcast and she said sometimes i ask i ask i think i asked something like you know what's something that's really inspired you or a quote that's really inspired you or something advice she's like It's actually not a quote. She's like, it's a way of thinking. She said, a lot of people ask, where are you going to be in five years? I like to think about, she's like, I think that's the absolutely wrong question. She said, Mm. I think the right question is thinking about yourself in five years, looking back and asking yourself, do you like the way that you've spent the last five years and then spending your five years from that that framework that look back kind of thing so not literally looking back on last five but on the imaginary last five a few months ago my wife and i handed our daughter over to a nurse our little girl isla was on her way to surgery as you can imagine yet again we felt like we had no control of the outcome we didn't know what was on the other side would our girl be healthy and hole on the other end, would, would this lead to other complications? Would our worst nightmare come true? Question after question, and we had no control over what was ahead. And after we handed off Isla, my, my wife and I, we just, we cried it out again. And we chose to release what we couldn't control. Our daughter was in the hands of a well-trained and expert surgeon. We trusted him and we had faith that God would, would pick up the slack in the ways that the doctor couldn't. And instead of spending time trying to change what was beyond our control, right, we chose to use our energy changing what we can. What about you? 
You can't change that cancer diagnosis, but you can change your response to it. You can't change losing your business. You can change how you feel about it. You can't change your judgmental boss, but you can change judgments about your boss. You can't change when this pandemic ends. You can change your attachment to when it ends. You see, you can't change the past, but you can change your future. You can't change others, but you can change yourself. You can change your mindset. You can change your approach. You can change your choices. We can move forward with courage and love and hope and faith. That's what you can control. And that's more than enough. As somebody who I would, you know, it's to me, it's evident that you are very productive and it seems like you have a a good mix of the dance. You know, it's like, you know when to push, you know yeah. when to pause. Do you feel working like you... Working on it. Yeah, work it, working work on in it. Progress. So you're, yeah, work, work in, in progress. progress. And yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's part of the benefit too is we never really arrive. Mm, it, is a, it is a constant check-in, stay, you know, stay mindful of these things. But what would you say we do actually have control over in our lives? Our pandemic has been what? Like about two years now. It and seems I seems like, like 15. I know. <laughs> yeah. And... I look back on the last two years, as most of us do, and I'm disappointed that I haven't lived. And now you could say, well, of course, Esprit was a pandemic. It was this. It was that. Sure. But this is my life. Who made the choice not to live? Like, I I could have lived. I could have taken the walks. Walks. I could have invented a life. But instead, I fell victim to YouTube tragedy and, you know, whatever, scarcity and all these things. Right. And I could have really lived within a safe way, you know, like I could have, you know, whatever it was. So when I was reflecting on the last couple years and I've lived so much before that couple years, I've traveled to over 100 countries and I've done, I built the first action sports social network. I've done so much with my life. So I'm like, what is this nonsense? You know? Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm like, you know what? There's two months left in the year. How am I going to live? What are my dreams? What do, what would I like to see accomplished by the last day of the year? What's truly important to me? And I wrote down the list and then I calculated how I could like attain those things, but do it in a really fluid, like, I don't know if the word fun is right. Just like not restrictive, like yeah. wake up when I want to wake up. And like, you know, I've been using this habit tracker called Kin that was built by Justin Kahn. And so just I put in the things that are directly related to these things I want by the end of the year. And I'm just giving it my best shot, you know, yeah. so I could feel like that's what would make me feel good. So it was like stopping and asking myself, like, what would make me feel good? And and how can I make this possible? You mm. know, and and how do I make the most rather than like being like, Woe is me. Like, why did I just waste two years of my life? It's like, no, I have two months left more to this year. Let's let's do something with it, you know, and Mm. backpacking has taught me a lot. It's taught me the value of time. And I also, for whatever reason, constantly think about my death, but not in the way you'd think. I'd never I've never thought about like how I'll die, which actually the thought even freaks me out. I've never (laughs) once thought about that. But I think about like if I died right now, would I feel good about how I'm living? And that's what made me stop and be like, yo. No, the last two years, I'm not I'm not down with whatever I did there. So, okay, how do how do I change right now? And the other thing that I've been doing is 
saying F it all the time. Like, like, let's say I want to like lose some weight. Let's say go out, eat a cookie right now. And, and then like right after there's that spiral effect where you just like hate yourself because, oh my God, I messed up the five day streak that I was, da, da, da. Instead, anytime, all day long, F it. Negative thought about like my dad or F it. Like negative thought about like didn't get something done. F it. Like ate a cookie. <laughs> F it. Just like stay focused on what I want and just new moment. Every F it, new moment. F it, new moment. Because mm. things are tough to change and like we're imperfect humans. And so yeah. I just, I it's a combination of wanting to make the most of my life as though this could be my last day and allowing grace to not be perfect at it, you know, and, and just, and be really intentional with what actually matters to me, not what society wants from me, not what I think would make me look good. Just what is it that I genuinely authentically behind closed doors want? Because that's who I die with, Yeah, you know? So. Yeah. Cause I, part of what I hear you saying is, you know, that you can control your vision. You know, you can control the idea of what you're committed to creating from your life. You know, your mm-hmm. imagination and the way that you imagine tomorrow and what could be, that's in your control. Yeah. And then also I hear part of what you're saying is, I can. I know I can't control the past. So when I do that thing, instead, yeah. of, instead of recreating the past over and over and over exactly. again, I actually live in the present. Mm-hmm. And I keep yeah. choosing the present moment yeah. over and over and over again. And I think that's exactly. part of this very fascinating dynamic to be like, what would it look like to create a brilliant future that excites me and to live right here mm-hmm. as I go create it? Exactly. Right. And not kick my ass every day in a negative way when I'm not, you know, showing up today totally. to bring that to life. You know, there, totally. there is, su- and to me, it does take surrender if we go back to the the notion of the concept of surrender, it's like there is this beautiful tension to say, yeah, I really want this thing. And even if I didn't, you know, act perfectly today, I'm going to surrender to the way that I showed up and then choose the next moment and just do that over and over and over again. And every single minute, like some, you know, every minute, every five minutes, like as long as we need to, it's like every single second is a new opportunity. Yeah, because we lose so much steam clinging mm-hmm. on to that one thing that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then we're missing out on the beauty of right now. I just recently, I haven't read Will Smith's book yet, but I've been listening to a lot of his interviews and I watched his series on YouTube about his book. And he talks about how he had this traumatic experience with his family, but the coping mechanism for that experience was him to essentially become an entertainer. He said, if I can make people laugh, pain can't exist in laughter. Hmm. And I thought, I found it so interesting that if he hadn't had that traumatic moment with his family, would he not possibly not be the Will Smith we know today? Because it was that traumatic moment that led to him choosing this entertainment identity. Like I'm going to entertain. So it's weird how, these life experiences could serve a higher purpose and fuel us for something like really like wonderful and beautiful, or we could just hold on to the darkness and pain of them, you Mm. know? And so, yeah, I think in truly embracing each second, each moment, it's what you were saying. It's like 
the past is the past and should stay in the past. Like, what am I going to do with my exact right now? Which is so hard. So, which is, I'm a complete work in progress. Yeah. And, and I think it's rooted in noticing when our entitlement pops up. Yeah. Because if we allow ourselves to just kind of run sometimes from an ego standpoint, the thing that can control us is thinking we're entitled to a certain type of life mm. in the moment, we'll say, right? Because it's yeah. like, hey, if you really want something, yeah, go create it. Yeah. But if that's not what you were born into, if you don't have it right now, you can throw a temper tantrum and be mad about it. Yeah. Or notice that, hey, you're not you're not entitled to anything. What does it look like to be grateful for what you've been given mm. and then have the fortitude and the wisdom and the strength and the vision to go make whatever you want agree. Um, instead of like stomping and kicking and screaming because you don't have it, you know? Yeah. I think gratitude is one of the best healers and superpowers and something that I hope to get so much better at. I don't think I live in a state of gratitude nearly as much as I'd like to. I just think that illness and all that kind of stuff, it just can't exist in gratitude. Like uh, you can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. Yeah. What is fascinating though is I feel like you could be grieving and grateful at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we look at those types of emotions or experiences as on polar opposites. Mm. When I think what I've experienced as I've gotten older is it's kind of like, you know, Inside Out, the Pixar movie. Yeah. Where it's like the more emotionally mature you become, actually, the more nuanced there is to your emotions where you can hold seemingly opposing emotions inside of you at the same time and not want to shoo one away for the sake of the good mm. one, you know, or even not seeing emotions as bad ones. That's a good point. Something I need to work on for sure. We're, we're all works in progress, as you said <laughs> earlier, right? <laughs> well, I mean, even when, if we if we continue to like revolve around control, surrender, what's been the hardest thing for you to surrender? My father. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm I'm really. um. I feel really lucky. Well, we're, what I was going to say is I feel really lucky that that I'm not sick because I've held on to it for so long. I also feel really lucky that I did have a father at one point. So like that's more than a lot of other people have had. Like I need to figure this out because I don't want to get sick one day. I feel like it's inevitable that if you hold on to that level of darkness for so long, like where is it going to go? Well, even within that, like, how'd you grow? What led you to, because you could choose to just hold that in you forever. And some people die yeah. like that. But what was the growth pattern for you or the realization that said, no, 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 this is something that I want to give up, release, surrender? I don't know how this, how this sounds, but it's the truth. I just think I am, <laughs> I think I'm such a lovely person. I don't deserve to feel this darkness. I'm just like, I'm really, I like who I am and I, I just don't deserve this pain. Yeah. I don't regret the pain because I also want to embrace that the pain has taught me resilience and has taught me a lot of other valuable lessons to be the driven business person that I am. So it's not that I want the experience to like disappear, even though maybe it feels that way sometimes. I I don't want to not be who I am. So so it's more that I just I it's like I just want to be grateful for what I did have, also grateful for what I learned and let it go. I haven't learned how to let it go because like 
this is deep, but like letting it, it go means letting the hope that I'll ever have my father back go, mm. which is kind of the chapter that I've been moving into. But like, I'm not there yet. Mm. And it's it's a really weird thing to have a father be alive, but be dead in your life. Mm. It's very, it's very bizarre. Mm. It's I like, I miss yeah. the father I had. I don't know who he is today. So, yeah. and he's, he's done a lot of like unpleasant things. So mm-hmm. it's really, it's such a weird situation because it's like, why do I want someone who's done unpleasant things in my life? Mm-hmm. Logically, you know, yeah. so it's just something that I struggle with. I want to um, acknowledge who you are in a brief window of time. I've been able to <laughs> hang out with you and you are, you're a delight. You know what I mean? Like there's oh, a, thank you. there's a lightness to having a conversation with you and being in your virtual presence. So I Aww. can, I can only imagine, you know, what it's like in, in real life. And I think it's amazing to be able to pinpoint, Hey, I know who I am. I don't want to invite this type of energy into my life. I don't mm-hmm. want to allow people to bring me down and to create such a powerful yeah. boundary with, um, you know, really a person that most people would say you can never create boundaries with our parents. I do think it takes a certain type of strength and fortitude and, and love to actually do that. So I acknowledge that in you. Thank you. Like I said, you know, this has been a great conversation. We, we, we got to have you back in the future. And I'd love to meet you in real life oh, if you if you have sure. ever have time for me. We'll go to a sneaker shop. Let's do it, hundred <laughs> percent. Let's make it happen. That'd be perfect. Well, you are. You said you like you get resourceful, so I'm gonna be like, okay, Esprit, this is a pair <laughs> of sneakers that I really, really want. I don't know how to get them. They're gonna be sold out in seconds. So can we get that mojo from you to see how we can get them at retail? <laughs> so, so I wanna I wanna end this with this because this is a, a future based show, you know, yeah. and this idea of like from the future with love, and so it is a big question. It is. It's yeah. purposely vague. And I, I just want to ask if you could control the future. Yeah. What would you change about our world? How would that oh, future about look? Our world? Yeah. In in my super utopia, everyone would be kind to one another. We would communicate from a place of curiosity and not necessarily always agree with one another, just be curious and get to know one another. Color, religion, and all these things like like it, it would be neither here nor there because we're all just human beings and parents wouldn't raise their kids with hate because I mean, this is like, hate is like a learned thing most of the time, or it's from being lonely and wanting to feel accepted. So, but I don't know, this gets into things that like, sometimes I'll talk to my religious friends about it, about like, why is God, if, you, if God is real, why does God have you know, these awful things and murders and all this. And then my religious friends will share with me different things from the Bible and stories. I find it really interesting. I don't remember the exact stories, but essentially that all these terrible things have a purpose too. Like they both need to exist. So I don't know. I I really do wish for a world uh, where we still have freedoms, you mm. know? And not to sound, can everybody just like, let go of racism. <laughs> like, yeah. like for real. You know, can we just like not oppress anyone? Thank you. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to hear about like one more like 
Chinese immigrant in a school getting called names or like a black person getting profiled like at a baseball game or, you know, like, can we just be human beings? It's just like literally we're human, like literally the color of your skin, your like all of that was luck. Like, that's it. It was just luck. So like, stop. And then all this stuff was created by like governments and countries and power. Right, it's and a construct. Yeah. So like, stop not treating people like human. Like we're all just humans. Like no one's better than someone else. If you think you're better than someone else, it's because you've fallen for like this construct that exists for, you know, like pretty dark reasons, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. The yeah. future I want to see. I feel like we could still have like really shitty things happen without any racism. Like there could still be that good balance between shitty things in yeah. life and their racism just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, to me, because to me at the core of racism is the desire to control, to have power. As mm-hmm. we have a conversation, you know, that's about control. Because notice when it's not about race, it is about gender and it's about sexuality it's about political party it's a yeah and really it's this constant tug of war that we have to try to control a world that's beyond our control to try to have yeah. power where we feel powerless yeah and that's why i think at, at the core it's like well, what does it actually look like to show up for the chaos that is the human experiment you know it's like mm-hmm. there's there's not much that you can control yeah. But if you can release all that and surrender all that and then do something meaningful with what you can control, mm-hmm. now we live in a beautiful world. And I think it sounds like both of us want to co-create that world. And that's part of why I wanted to cook up this show is like, how can we partner with people you know, who are like-minded to actually create a future that we can all fall in love with? Totally. And you don't have to be an activist or anything. You just... Just how you show up every day impacts people's lives, whether it's in a store, who you smile at, like who you let like go in front of you in the car lane, like just just be human and be kind and, and like and like take a deep breath. It's not that serious. The decision you're going to make after this episode It will shape our future. This transmission is from the year 2059, a world where your choice to relinquish control today has changed the landscape of mental health. There's more joy in the classrooms and less crime on the streets. There's healthier relationships with ourselves and others. There's more play and less stress because we've given up our preoccupation with being control freaks. Friends, invest in the world I'm contacting you from. We need you. This transmission is from the future with love. Thank you for listening to this episode of From the Future with Love. We are thankful to all of you for supporting the show during the year that changed us forever. Thank you for being a part of our community and for sharing our content on social media. Leave us a review and let us know what you think of this episode. See you next time on From the Future with Love. From the Future with Love was written and performed by yours truly, Johan Martinez Kalilian, produced by Rithu Jagannath and Matthew Jones, executive produced by Jason Jaggard, fact-checked by Rithu Jagannath, editing, mix and tech production by Hammond Chamberlain, photography by Jess Kaler, and graphic design by Ivan Lizarde. Thanks again, my friends. Until next time.